Pushing Back Chaos with Mel and Mike and Raph. Welcome back to another episode of Pushing Back Chaos with me, your favourite one of the three, clearly, Melon. We've got the, the two the two Stooges and the one legend from Down Under. Mike, how you doing? You look, you look pretty happy with that intro, I say. I'm disgusted off the bat. This, this is not what we rehearsed. We thought we were coming in clean, united, and apparently the, the white Irishman uh, clearly just took advantage of this relationship. So... Uh, I vote we redo it. Enough, enough from you. How about you, Spinner? How are you going? Whole house in Tijuana. Yeah, I'm just uh, letting you guys duke it out. I'm over here just sitting cute in the corner. I'm great. You're not driving. You're not driving your uh, golf cart this week. You're playing the piano in the whorehouse. No, I parked it at one in the morning and then I hoofed it over to the whorehouse here, where I spent the night, cleaned up a little bit, just kind of relaxing. This is my uh, this is my place of relaxation. So it looks like a crack house. A little bit, yeah, a little bit, but with like really nice, uh, you know, furniture and dishes and that sort of thing. He likes to stay. He, he likes to stay humble once in a while. He trades out the golden drapes for bars on the windows. Those are the. They were the good old days, man. When you were staying in the in the Sheikh's Palace on the way through. Yeah, that was those. That, those are some good times, man. Uh, with the golden loofah. Yeah, it wasn't platinum. Oh. Yeah, that was your grill. My bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was my grill. <laughs> so what? So what's been what's been news in the Espinosa world for the last week, man? Oh man, um, just geez, man, there's a lot and nothing. Uh, so we did a camping trip uh, with the, with uh, my wife's family, which was really fun up in Priest Lake. Beautiful, beautiful property up in northern Idaho. Um, so all her family kind of descended on that. We were there for kind of a long weekend. And then I, coming back from that, I went straight to work. Um, I was able to go to Phoenix on an overnight for one of my trips and was able to hang out with uh, the Godfather, which is uh, one of my closest friends, older brother, um, who I'm going to see coincidentally in a couple of days because we're going to uh, a wedding. But it was just, it was, I hadn't seen him in a while and I'm actually trying to get him on the show. So I don't want to give away too much, but he's, he's, uh, he's, he's an extraordinary person in, in a lot of ways. His story's pretty fascinating and it kind of took a turn. Um, he ended up in a Mexican jail, but I want to let him talk about that. And that recently happened. Um, so we caught up on that. And then I just, like I said, I, I came back late last night and I'm going to head home here shortly. Uh, once, once you two idiots stop talking so I can catch my flight. So you are in Tijuana, like no shit. No. He's down there. Raph's on a mission. He diverted his flight to Mexico to bust out his family member. And it's all coming together now. I see what you're doing down there. I mean, he's got some some nickname. That's some handle, Godfather. Oh, you, you have to meet him. He's uh, He is the Godfather for a lot of reasons. Well, you've planted a freaking hook right there, and I'm, I'm interested. So I'm looking forward. I'm fascinated. How about you, Mike? How have you been doing, man? What's, what's been going on in your neck of the woods over the last week? Oh, man. Well, number one, I'm lucky to be here because about an hour ago, I was running around up and down a bunch of sand dunes and sweating my ass off, carrying uh, role players acting like they're dead and just running around. And then I looked at my watch and I was like, oh, shit, I got to be back for the podcast. 
<laughs> so uh, we finished up. We we did whatever we needed to do. I got dressed. I still got sand all over me, and I'm in my nice yeah. clothes. And uh, I made it just in time. But uh, so I'm lucky to be here. I I, I was saying to uh, Melon and Raph that on my way home, I wasn't pushing back against the chaos. I was causing the chaos because I think I cut off. I think everybody to make it here in time. So you're that you're that guy. People today, cursing. today I was. I said sorry after I did it. <laughs> I mean, as long counts. as you hold your hand up. As long as you hold your hand up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, you know, I'm, it's Canadian. I'm sorry, but um, yeah. Other than that, just um, you know, I know the last two weeks I was kind of like, you know, just one of those down, down times, and you know, but um, like like we talked about, it passed and made it through and made new opportunities and things to look forward to made plans um next week i'll be uh home in pennsylvania for about eight days and just a pack full of quality time in a week uh, i got uh, my friends getting married so i'm going to his wedding uh i'm going to the uh, steelers patriots game i got great tickets down by the end zone steelers uh, yeah 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 so we're gonna go do that uh quality time fishing with my pap he's 84 years old and just sit next to the lake and just shooting the shit and get talk about getting mentored on life. Uh, just great times. Uh, some time with mom. There's some fall festivals. No Raph, I'm not decorating ass. Um, and then uh, actually my old high school teacher called me on Saturday. He, he was my world cultures teacher. He's an army veteran. And since it's not the week of 9-11 and all that kind of going on recent, he asked me to come speak to my old high school wow. uh, kind of about my journey and the story in 9-11 and what brought it up because there's been some other guys that have served, uh, men and women who served from our school, but um, one in particular who's right now a Navy Cross recipient that was killed. Uh, his name was uh, Nicholas Check. Uh, he died December 8th, 2012, rescuing an American doctor in Afghanistan. And uh we grew up, kind of grew up together. We were sea cadets together back in the day. We went to the same high school and uh, yeah, later on kind of served. So it's pretty, pretty cool. But I'm going to share that story, pass on, you know, this mentor thing and leadership we talked about. So that's going to be pretty, pretty interesting. And then uh, the following weekend, I can't put it out yet, but it's a top secret thing for one of my best friends. And it's going to be great, uh, really great weekend. So uh, I, I have a huge part in uh, in that, which I'm excited about. So good, man. Is this the famous school teacher who was one of your key mentors that you told us all about back in a previous episode? Yeah, on, yeah, um, yeah. One of them. I'll call him out. His name his name's Bill Carter. Um, him and another guy, Carl Huzar, who was my history teacher and government teacher. He was a Vietnam veteran. Uh, Bill was a uh, Army veteran, more, more like in the 90s. And um, they were the only two that really took me under their wing, knowing I wanted to go into the military and what I wanted to do. They, you know, they talked to me about service, what it meant, um, helped guide me. Hey, maybe think about this, do this. Because the school system, they were like, I don't know what to tell you. Take an extra gym class. Yes. Yeah. Like, Can I? And they're like, no, you can't. <laughs> All right. Well, that thanks. I appreciate it. So, 
But yeah, huge mentor, man. We've been friends for, uh, I graduated 06. So what is that? 16 years we've been friends. That's now, now he says I'm a mentor to him in a lot of ways, which is, which wow. is, you know, it's mutual. It should be. Yeah. Oh, that's freaking great, man. We, we did a great episode back in the previous Not Your Average Operator podcast about mentors and all of us sort of shouted out to the key people who influenced us. And, and it was really interesting because nearly all of them are in that sort of teenage period, you know, and I think the three of us were influenced by sort of strong men who gave us a good example and showed us a, a bit of a pathway when maybe, we're, you know, young teenage boys can go off the rails. Yeah. Hey, also, Mike, um, great speech, by the way. I've got your costume for Halloween. If you just keep the hairstyle as it is, <laughs> don't change it. I've got the outfit. Um, I'm actually, I'm about to click purchase and send, so it'll be on its way. But you have to keep the hairstyle. You cannot don't do anything to your hair. Just don't frizz it up. Don't put any product in it. Don't comb it. Just, just keep it as is. I got you, boo. All right. So on social media, we've been posting a lot about Raph and his airport taxi and ripping on him pretty good. This upcoming week, you're going to see one of me with this outfit that Raph just uh, proposed I look like, which is Bert from Bert and Ernie. And, who, uh, by, by, by the way, who is who is a legend? He's a he's a fucking national treasure. So let's not start disparaging. But I mean, <laughs> Melon, am I off? Tell me I'm off. You're pretty close to that. I got to say with the hairdo. Thank you. I worked today, Mel Raph. What the hell did you do today? Uh, I worked last night driving people around the terminal. I didn't say last night. I said today. <laughs> He's only got to drive that golf cart after it, after it's dark. The battery dies. They can't yeah. recharge it in California or Seattle. <laughs> uh, we just. We just went and we had some dear friends of ours from South Australia travel to see family in Cyprus recently, which is pretty close to where we are here. And so we were like, you know what, let's take a long weekend. And it was Chez's birthday and we got over there and I was like, I only, I, they were like, do you want to stay in a resort? You know, a nice place, you know, kids clubs and stuff. And I was like, I'm not interested at all. I don't want fine dining. I want to, I want to know where the family grandmas are at. And I want to be there when the, when the food hits the table. I've got zero interest in uh, Michelin star stuff. And so we just had this great trip. We didn't hear a single Western accent. It was just, you know, they, they speak Greek in, in Cyprus. So it was all just Greek back and forward and, you know, then go and visit the grandparents' village up in the hills and then go to the other grandparents' village. And it was just such a good trip. And the food was unreal. And there were some uh, delicious amber fluids went down range and, time with kids and just really, really good family stuff. It was like a the stuff that we miss a lot when we're away here. And so we sort of got to connect with uncles and cousins and, you know, Michael's playing with the three-year-old. Uh, just a freaking wonderful trip. So a shout out to uh, Ash and Sofa in Cyprus, still with family. And uh, yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us in your home, in your family and, home. And happy birthday to Cheza, beautiful lady. Still don't know why she's with you. My I got to I got to see her earlier. It was a beautiful sight. Yeah, you're not the only one confused. <laughs> I wonder sometimes as well. There was a, there was a good video. Uh, Melon and the family were out on on a boat. It looked like a sailboat, and uh, 
I got a video of Michael gracefully doing a dive off, you know, it was a 10 out of 10, just body position and then a front flip and everything was great. Then, then for whatever reason, Mellon was like, well, I need to show off too. Got up there and there was this pale piece of meat up on top of the sail and then jumped off and it looked like somebody hunked a chunk of concrete off a bridge and it just slanted in the water and made a noise. It was terrible. <laughs> I, I wish I wouldn't have seen it. It was more, I was like, wow, like, you know, they probably scared the shit out of the people on the boat. Yeah. Like he it's just my, died. It's my super, it's my superpower. I've been doing it since I was like 12, you know, you try and do, a, you go to the beach in uh, Australia and there's always a jetty or a, you know, I think you try and do a bomb off it and splash the girls. Cause how, how I see you try and talk to a girl when you're 12, 13. That's how you flirt. Yeah. Yeah, Dude, you you looked about as flexible as a two by four piece of wood. <laughs> mate, I mean, that's, it was mate, my I'm, joints hurt just looking at you. Man, I'm carrying. I'm no joke carrying a, a bit of a knee niggle. Like I'm uh, had conversations with the doc about possible surgery on one of the knees. I'm like, oh man. So I, <laughs> there was a reason I was looking a bit friggin' hobbly. Yeah. 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 So this week, we thought we'd just kick straight into it and we're just going to do some, you know, questions without notice, as they say in the Australian Parliament, and just throw some questions at each other and cover a, a few topics and, and hopefully generate a bit of thought and, and chat. And yeah. So, Raf, you got a couple for us? How about we sort of maybe alternate, feed them in? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um... So here's the first one. I'll fire off some easy and, and uh, pretty simple. What's the, uh, the current book or books that you're reading? Uh, right now, I've, I'm halfway through uh, Dr. David Sinclair's Lifespan book, which is pretty fascinating. If you follow him, he's been on the Joe Rogan podcast a couple of times talking about longevity, health and the science behind it. And, you know, the pillars of it, which are fasting, exercise, good sleep. Um, there's some other uh like metformin and um, I'm not going to deep dive into it because he really, because there's some of it is on the market. Some of it isn't, but the point is it's, it's a real thing to look at the possibility of people living well past a hundred and not just living past a hundred, but living like healthily, like really, really positive lifespans well past a hundred. He, he believes that um, it'll be the norm to live, you know, to 120, 120 plus, with like healthy quality lives so anyways i'm halfway through and, and it's it's pretty it's pretty awesome it's, it's motivating right it kind of motivates the things that i've already been doing which is i do a lot of intermittent fast i do work out i changed my routine a little bit because of it um just kind of focus more on my squats and my stability and agility work um just so i can have that hopefully that that'll prove um beneficial when i'm older and keeps me from falling or hurting myself or if I do fall when I'm, you know, 80 or 90, then hopefully it's not something catastrophic, but you know, you got to do the work now. So. Pretty can awesome you give work. like a couple of the, couple of the key takeaways that you've seen so far, we're up to in the book there, Raph. So you just, you just mentioned intermittent fasting, flexibility work, any other key stuff? Yeah. Um, so obviously diet is a big one. He's not saying you should be vegan or vegetarian, but he just, he did say that, um, most centurions that they've tested, you know, around the world, they're, they're, most of their meals consist of vegetables, like three quarters of their meals consist of vegetables. They still get animal protein, but it's not, you know, if you look at the standard American diet, the SAD, it's like 90% red meat. 
and carbs and like yeah. a vegetable. You know I mean like it's 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 literally the complete polar opposite of what it, it needs to be for longevity purposes, which is not surprisingly, which is why in America, at least in the Western developed worlds, cancer, diabetes, um, all these kind of self-imposing diseases are just running rampant, right? I mean, it's it's it, it seems like it doubles with every generation. It's crazy. Um, the numbers that you don't have to believe me, you can go to the CDC, the numbers are are they have been increasing steadily since like the 40s. And if you start to follow our trend in diet, and like you know how the cover uh, the uh, the FDA was kind of pushing like lots of carbs, lots of red meat, dairy, that sort of thing, um, with a small portion of vegetables. Well, now they realize actually no, if you follow the the healthy populations, vegetables are a big portion of their diet. Um, like literally at least half, if not three quarters. Again, they're it's not that they're not eating meat, they are, they're just reducing the portion, right? They're getting the protein from pea protein also, and there's other ways you can supplement your protein, but which because protein is important. I lift weights, I need protein, I need um, I need to be able to feed my body when I break it down. My bet is Melon is not gonna read this book. As <laughs> <laughs> soon as you said three quarters vegetables, I think he just completely shut off from this conversation. <laughs> you guys, you guys would be shocked at the content. I mean, admittedly, not a lot of the meal preps may, but when I get when I come in, there's like normally a massive salad. So tonight it was just a massive Greek salad with feta and olive and tomato and cucumber and you know some healthy oils on there and some chicken breast when i came in how's that does that fit in there raf or not not really no no it it absolutely does man and i'm i'm drawing a blank but he he is talking about um there's three other things that he does every morning and he takes with this uh uh homemade cultured uh, yogurt that he makes uh metformin is one of them metformin is kind of a medication that's used for diabetics kind of controls your insulin sensitivity um, the other one starts with an R and I can't for the life of me think of it. So I'll look it up here. Resveratrol. Yeah, there you go. Resveratrol. Yeah. Which is in a trial stages. Um, I know you can get it in some places. I know there's a company called Elysium cause I looked into it. Um, they're, they're not cheap, but they're not too expensive. I mean, when you think of your life, I guess it's, <laughs> you can put a price on that. Uh, and then there's one other one that he's, that he's a big proponent of, um, uh, that he's kind of studied in his lab by the way this guy's legitimate if you haven't looked him up he he's been running a lab since like the 90s in harvard um and then i think he recently has gone over to mit so he's got a longevity lab in mit and he's always kind of co-lacing with people in stanford and these other ivies. so i mean these these are like there's some legitimate brain power behind this so some key supplements here metformin the resveratrol potset yogurt so natural yogurt three quarters of vegetables small amount of meat any particular exercise systems he's advocating? Yeah, so um, cardio is always good, but in terms of longevity and in terms of, um, again, increasing your survivability and giving you good comfort of life, they've noticed that any centurion or someone close to that age, if they can squat, if they can deep, like do a deep squat, meaning your butt is touching your heels, you're, you're like ahead of the pack. Um, the other thing is, um, you want to work on stability and agility. So I don't know if you guys know what a Kazakh squat is. That's where you, you squat laterally. So you kind of lean on your left side. So your left side is fully in a kind of a squat position and your right leg should be kind of extended on the heel or the foot, depending on what, you know, what you're trying to do. Uh, and then you squat to the opposing side. If you could do a set of 10 of those, you're ahead of the curve. I mean, that, if you maintain that stability, that agility, that translates to 
preventing falls down the road. And it's not just Dr. Um, uh, Sinclair, who's a big proponent of that. There's another guy who I also follow named Dr. Peter Atia, yeah. former oncologist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. He grip. talks about the grip strength. grip strength. He's a big proponent of, you know, because he's also kind of studying longevity and, and the lifespan business. And he's, he's talked about the importance of just having, you know, uh, a really good core strength and the ability to squat at least your body and then the ability to manipulate, you know, like I said, kind of in a Kazakh squat or, you know, a different variations of squats. I mean, squatting a bar behind your back is good, but you really should start focusing on, you know, incorporating some agility and some like kind of uh, more coordinated turns in, in, in that squat. And you can look up on the, you know, there's thousands of them. I mean, there's, you know, again, a couple light dumbbells and just start kind of uh, changing up your squat. And that will pay dividends down the road. Oh, what kind of squat is this? Oh, that's a Kazakh squat. Oh, very nice. I am number one squatter in all of Kazakh. <laughs> that's all I kept thinking. I hear Kazakh squat. And I'm like, it's fucking boring. <laughs> well, there's some gold there. And uh, I believe Dr. Sinclair is an Australian. He is. Yeah, we've had this conversation before. Yeah, you're still you're yeah you're still a monkey though, so it's not like <laughs> him being Australian makes you any smarter, Melon. You're I'm pretty sure it does. You're still a silverback. I'm, I'm pretty sure it does. All right. Well, I, I recently read a book by um, Sapiens. Don't know if you guys have heard of this one by uh, Yuval Noah Harari. Brief history of humankind. It's about the evolution of sapiens over the sort of last 250,000 that there was a really long period of time where there wasn't any change and modern humans were just another animal, you know, predators predating on them and, you know, living in, a, in the Rift Valley in Ethiopia. And then basically how we've gone to spread and develop and he goes through the cognitive re revolution that then led to farming and pretty much everything after that and just goes through the series of revolutions that has led to the modern era. And it is a friggin' fascinating book. I've heard this guy on, on many podcasts, but reading the book was very, very powerful stuff about the ability of humans to communicate and share ideas, um, share beliefs. Just, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the stuff and, and getting you thinking about uh, the modern world when you're like, well, how do we, how do we ever get here? And you're like, oh, it's just constant progress. And you're like, well, actually it wasn't. When they started farming, pretty much everyone's diet and uh, physiology went way backwards. They went from a variety of, you know, vegetables and nuts and berries and small amounts of meat to consisting mainly, subsisting mainly on like a single crop that they grew. They've got all rec like the, the dental records and bones. They like a lot of depletion of vitamins and minerals. And anyway, it's like there was thousands of years of suffering when that, when they started farming and the individual uh, people were of inferior health than their predecessors, but there was heaps more of them. And it was like, they had to get all the way through to the industrial revolution before the quality of life really improved again. But anyway, we're sort of here now and it's a lot of interesting stuff, you know, the power of what money did and, and the scientific revolution and so on. Like it's a very, very good book. And he's an, he's an excellent insightful guy to pick up on a podcast as well so that was uh sapiens by yuval noah harari i don't know if you guys have uh, read that one at all i i haven't i haven't yeah but i it's on the list 
yeah. Mike, what coloring book have you been working on? Well, I finished all my coloring books, so I tried reading. But uh, no, I, I read this really good story. Um, it's it's actually about uh, so it's about this this young kid, and he's a little bit slow, um, and he grows up with uh, braces on his legs. He doesn't really have any friends except this little girl that he meets. Uh, he grows up. Forrest Gump. He's kind of like. You're such an idiot. <laughs> he's kind of like a really good at athlete as far as running. He he grew up playing football. Or, uh, he played for Alabama. Ended up joining the army. Went to Vietnam. <laughs> won the Medal of Honor. Have you heard of this? Uh, have you have you read this book? So funny. So Dude, funny when someone in class watches the film and they like try to do the book report. No, no, no. Anyways, he formed Bubba Gum Shrimp. Uh, he invested in some kind of fruit company. And then he ran across the country for three years, two months, 14 days and 16 hours. Came back to a girl that was uh, doing drugs. She died. And then he had a kid. And then Come on, Mike. Have you been it reading? is Forrest Gump. It is. Have Forrest you read a book? I saw you holding a book. Oh, no, that was a menu. I'm hungry. Raph was talking about <laughs> <laughs> No, no. Okay, I have a book. Like, no shit. All right. Uh, no, I've been reading this one. It was from that leadership course that I did a couple weeks ago. It's called uh, The Wisdom Lunch Warrior by Rod Olson. And uh, it's about the five marks of a mature leader. You know, obviously mature. That's me because I'm making Forrest Gump jokes and Borat. You know, that's me. Uh, but he talks about uh, the five marks of a mature leader. Uh, just to recap, it is uh, possess a white belt mentality. So you're always a student. You're always at the beginning. Um, not figure to figure. Oh, my God. You know that word. Sound like Biden. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's a white belt mentality. So you're always approaching something uh, ready to learn something new. Uh, control the controllables. I think that kind of goes. Uh, without saying is you can only control what you can control uh maintain a sniper focus uh, we did a episode on that about um the importance of precision and aim small to miss small kind of in all aspects not just shooting but you know with your goals uh don't build dungeons so uh that goes into talking about every aspect of personal professional life about building your own dungeons and uh putting yourself in there so not talking about anger issues or dealing with them or emotions and just locking them up in your own dungeon and they're just going to sit in there and they'll just be monsters in there so um lots of good examples there and then um uh be a pro um top of my head i was trying to think about uh what was it? Uh, it's a passionate, relentless ownership. So anytime you come into a leadership role, but just being a professional, you're always going to be a leader of something, no matter what it is. Uh, and you should always have passion and identifying that passion and then putting it uh, into the right space and applying it to maximize your output, uh, whether it be you know communication or physicality or just having emotions around people or a little bit of each. Uh, but it definitely identifies just being a passionate leader uh, in everything that you do. Uh, it will get you recognized. People will take notice. People will follow you for it and they'll feed off that energy and kind of like 
they'll want a piece of it too. So it's, it's, it's a shorter book. It's uh, there's no pictures, Raph, but it's only about 150 pages. So it's something you could sit there and read on the toilet or, or you just got a little bit of time after you just ate all this delicious vegetable food, like Melon's talking about, but it, it's a good book, man. So I just been reading it here and there. So just give us the title again, a new author. It, the Wisdom Lunch Warrior, and it's by Rod Olson, The Five Marks of a Mature Leader. Nice. I like that last one, Be a Pro, Passionate and Relentless Ownership. Mm -hmm. That's a powerful combination of three words I've not heard put together before. Yeah. He's got a lot of great relationships. Um, he's, a, he's a college football coach, so he's won na uh, multiple national titles. But he has people that he does with the NFL, three-time Super Bowl champions. Uh, uh, he does stuff with the Navy SEALs. He does stuff uh, Texas Rangers baseball team, uh, the DEA, FBI. Um, so he travels around to a bunch of different, uh, you know, all type of elite type groups and units and teams and whatever. And he he feeds a lot of stuff that he gets from them and kind of combines it into these uh, – into these these marks that he describes and it's a lot of good stuff it's to the point there's not a lot of fluff that's why it's only 150 pages and i appreciate that and yeah, good yeah good any comments yeah, there any comments there spino no i mean it's i think I'm, it's on my list for sure i mean it sounds like it's uh well written and like you said there's no fluff so i like that straight to the point all right great stuff uh next question here is what goals do each of us have for the next 12 months? So this could be you know, our main areas that we keep looking at a family, intimate, professional. It could be in that sphere, it could be out of that. Could be yeah. Uh, so how about you kick off, Ref? Yeah, actually, it's only because this I just had this conversation with uh the godfather in Phoenix over coffee. So um, you know, we we're talking about the importance in life. And uh, obviously he's had uh, some time to think about his life, um, but it's something that everyone should, should really sit down and, and the reality, my answer, and I'm not surprised was that I wanna be able to be in a position where I could coach my son or my children's uh, soccer games or whatever. And, and, and that's a real struggle for me because I don't know if my current profession is gonna allow me to do that. So I'm kind of in a point, inflection point where I love what I do but my love for my children and my family are, are a lot greater. So I'm in a point where if I think this career is going to afford me the opportunity to, to be flexible and, and be there for all his games, then I think it's a path I'm going to continue. But realistically, if, if it shows that I'm going to not have the ability to do that, then I might just not be a pilot anymore because it's that important to me. Like it's that, like I don't, you know, we talk about this all the time but our, we only really have the ability to create one legacy. And some people choose to create a business and that's, that's good. I'm not knocking it. We need Amazons, we need all that stuff. I want my legacy to be my children. I want my legacy to be my family. And, you know, it's just, so anyways, that I, 12 months from now, I wanna be in a position where whatever decide, whatever road I decide to take, whether I stick with what I'm doing or I change it up or whatever it is, the whole goal for me is gonna be to be able to coach you know, and again, I'm not, I don't know if he's going to play soccer, but the point is I'm, I want to coach his games. I want to be, I, it's another way of saying I want to be in his life for the most extent possible. You know what I mean? For the most extent possible. 
Right in the fields, man. Like that was yeah. that was me with Michael when uh, when you met us. Being such a privilege to be involved in in their sport and to take them through something from the beginning. So like I I think this year will be the ninth year of Coach Michael. It's, it's quite a long time now. And that <clears throat> that's actually one of my main goals is to get the the coaching in our club established out here and get people accredited and try and get structure and formation into the club su- such that it's not reliant on, on individuals, you know, that they've got a system and a process and a committee and, you know, coaches getting trained up and stuff su- such that people can come and go, people can leave if they need to and that, you know, that those spaces are going to be filled. One key thing I would, I would recommend is getting a coaching course pretty early. Like yeah. only just so hard out here to get a, uh, accredited person who can run the courses out. So I've been trying for 12 years and we, we finally have this fantastic guy who came out and has, has run these courses. And it is just like, it's like learning to fly, like getting the principles behind all the stuff that you probably already know, a lot of the drills and so on and mm-hmm. how to do it. It just gives you great tools to start with. And like, I wish I'd had that right at the start. <clears throat> but nonetheless, one of the goals we've got out here is to get 50% of our kids coaches uh, the uh, junior rugby coaches qualified with like a level one which is like a one-day course and it's like after that you're all speaking the same language and you could all you know just parcel out people to do drills and you're all gonna think be thinking in a similar way all right that's a that really resonates with me raf and i know how important your relationship with your son is and that is no shit putting your money where your mouth is to mm-hmm. say that that's a that's a huge goal man I think it's a great idea, Ref. Just being around Soren and everything, and uh, you're really not a good pilot, so I think it's a good decision just to <laughs> just call it quits. Like you know, it works out. <laughs> Savage. It's all right. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, in this profession, like there's you can take specific routes and make a ton of money, but it's going to cost you time away from home, you know? And so for me, it's like, I don't, I I just want to maximize my time. So again, I don't know what that's going to look like, but that is whatever happens between now and 12 months, it's going to be to put me in a position where I can be in his life to the most extent possible. I mean, that's a, it's a great filter to have for stuff that comes up because there'll be inevitably challenges and so on. And, you know, like, oh, I hope you're able to make, make it all balance out. You know, like there's a, maybe there's a way you can do that. Maybe you've got a, a group of fathers who are able to, you know, share the coaching load and you're, you're able to get there, you know, a couple of times a month. Maybe, you know what I mean? It might be a way yeah. you can balance, balance those things. But that's, mate, hats off to you, Raph. So much respect for you as a father, mate. Appreciate it. Just taking notes, man. Just watching you and Michael and Annie. Well, thanks, man. Goals for me, yeah. So some of the stuff around the uh, the children's rugby here to share with. So funny to share that with you, Ralph. You know, like so that that would be that's one of my big goals here is to get some structure uh, around that and get the coaching for the kids' quals here. And it'll also be just for me in the next twelve months. We'll be figuring out my next chapter. You know, am I going to stay out here? For another period, am I going to transition back to Australia? Am I going to be flying? I'm going to be going into uh, 
defense industry or into into industry and uh figuring out how that's going to look it's going to be like this next 12 months is a really important time just to to get that plan and so coming at the end of this 12 months i've been in 12 months having clarity writing out perhaps this you know next difficult time we're going to have sort of i think with the most of the economies in the world and having clarity and completing my mba and there's a whole bunch of sub goals that are attached to that but yeah really having clarity for me and the family on what our next chapter is you know and mainly centered around what i'll be doing for uh resource acquisition for the family you know that's my big one yep that's a great goal to have man i mean you've been talking about this since i've known you yeah it's so funny because like i just like chesa and i talk about it all the time and i talk about it with close mates out here talked about it with uh simon who just arrived out, out in kingdom yesterday and it's like it, we've been in such a privileged position where I've been able to do stuff like just coach Michael's rugby team and have all that time with the kids and still fly, which I love and live in a really nice community here. And it's like, if I was able to extend that indefinitely, would we do that? And and it's like competing priorities, always looking forward. It's always, you know, a thousand or a million doorways in front of you. And you look back, it's just one pathway. And it's always so clear looking back and looking forward in the moments always so, you know, you feel pressure and all of those sorts of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, like having a filter around like what's the important stuff and getting those rocks in and, uh, you know, the kids are just so happy where they are now in their lives, what they're doing, Annie with their music, Michael just loves school and the American international <laughs> with uh, the Eagles, a whole lot of American stuff, which would make, his uh, Aussie uncle's laugh, but um, you know the big rocks, and that 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 will drive a lot of stuff for the whole family. Yeah, and like I feel a lot of pressure as the father in the household to to deliver there, and so you know I want, it's one of those things I take really seriously and want to get it right, and and I know that that might be different than how I'm thinking now, you know, so trying to be flexible and meditate on it and think about it but i know there's key things i'll have to sort out between now and then like the further education completing that off and all that sort of stuff yeah we we know you're not flexible now and we saw the video <laughs> mate so, sorting so out my left knee some, some physical goals in the short term right around getting some freaking mobility back the knee is just yoga not- dude you gotta start some yoga i I might be getting a scalpel out and shoving it into my knee. So, so Mike, goals for you, 12 months? <clears throat> what are your key ones that you've sort of thought about and maybe different areas of your life altogether? Mm, well, I definitely say my professional side right now is, is front side focus. So being the leader of literally everything of, the tactical realm of the culture of everything that I got going on with the, the, the men that I lead now. Definitely, like you said, man, I wanted, I just want to do it right. And the next year is for us like six months of uh, education and professional development. So aligning guys with the right passion and where they want to go and what job they want to do within uh, the unit. 
uh, and getting them there and training them up to be prepared for it. And then the following six months, which leads us out to the year, is going to be that uh, when we all come back together and we start traveling all over the country and hitting our core skills of, you know, everything from land, water, air, you know, just perfecting all of our craft and getting the literally as close to perfect as possible. Um, and there's going to be challenges outside of work challenges. Guys are going to have kids and, you know, all kinds of different struggles that life brings. And, you know, I got 23, 24 guys that I'm going to be leading and in charge of, and I got to manage every single part of that, you know, and, and, and be the, be the, the leader that they need me to be in each moment. You know, I can't be the same guy in every, in every piece. And just, uh, I feel really prepared uh, for it because of these conversations that we have. We identify great leadership traits, um, great traits of good men, uh, and just recognizing who we have to evolve uh, into sometimes, depending on the situation, and and just doing that with ease, not having it as a challenge of just like, God, man, I'm so stressed out, or this is going to beat the shit out of me. It's literally like I can take off a hat and put on a new one and just and just shift and being like, yeah, I'm totally comfortable because one, it's, it's, it's truly me in every aspect. I'm not faking anything anymore. And it's just like, yeah, I know who I can be. And I really lean on that. Uh, speaking of books earlier, it was the tender warrior with uh, the four pillars of manhood, you know, the leader, the warrior, the mentor, and the friend. And I really have aligned myself, my guys that I'm training right now, like today, they already know who I am and what I stand for. Uh, and we're going to be drafting them at the end of the month uh, into all of our groups. And um, multiple guys have already asked me or whatever. And they're like, it's kind of funny, but it, it's it's a compliment, too. They come up to me. They're like, hey, hey, uh, why, why are you different? <laughs> and, and I look at them and I, of course, I jack. Them. I was like, what the hell do you mean? I'm different. You know, I just, you know, a bunch of new guys. But uh, but then I, I, you know, I I'm serious with them. And I tell them, I'm like, look, man, if you think I got everything together and I was like, no, I just, I just admit when I'm wrong and I'm just, I'm just a guy and I'm, I'm here trying to do a job and do it the best I can, just like you guys will. And everybody else, I, I was like, I guess I'm just more comfortable about speaking about things than some other guys are not, not knocking on them. Everybody's got their thing, but you know, these conversations, this journey that we've had the last two and a half years now, uh, the experiences, everything that we've opened up and just explored and got uncomfortable with that shit doesn't seem that hard anymore. You know, life, life is hard. At least when I go to work, I know who's trying to kill me. Um, I, I know the rules of engagement. I, I, you know, there's a lot of knowns there, but life has so many unknowns. That's the hard part. That's the scary part, you know, cause then it's just like, I don't know who's trying to hurt me. You know, sometimes maybe it's the, the person you love the most is the one that's going to hurt you. And then you're like, how do I, how do I engage that? <laughs> you know, it, it's hard, but I, I, I would say that sums it up in the next 12 months, man. That's going to be front side focus is taking charge, being the leader. These guys need me to be and being present and uh, just doing it the right way. Um, and if I'm being honest, it's, it's probably my last time, you know, and, and I'm really trying to absorb that thought. This, is, this, is, this will be my sixth deployment. And, uh, this is going to be my last rodeo and 
I just really want to enjoy it. I'll, I take it very seriously, but I want to have fun. This is a great job. I love doing what I do, but I just want to have fun. And I want all the guys around me to have fun. I want them to want to come to work and share that energy and that passion and just come to work, crush it, have a great day, hang out on the weekend, watch some football, drink some beers, have some wings and just love life, you know, and uh, this is only going to happen, you know, every day only happens once, but this is going to be my last one. And 10, 15 years from now, when I'm as old as you two guys, uh, I'll be looking back being like, hey, I did it right. And nobody's ever going to be able to take that away from me. You know, it's solidified in history. And uh, that's a small part of my legacy is I don't have children, but I am leading these guys and my legacy will fall onto them and what I leave. And that'll be for the next generation. So until I have kids, um, I'm treating these guys kind of like that, like I'm dad now and my legacy will live on through them and passing everything. So I'm going to, I'm going to go and call it now. There's going to be like a, there's going to be like a big scandal, a big scandal in about a year in like the JSOC community about like this unit of special forces people that are just running amok, you know, hanging out with hookers, doing Coke, doing blow. And it, of course it all starts with the leadership, you know, having drinking beer and wing night, but then that quickly escalates to like crazy <laughs> sex orgies. And I'm just going to call it now. A year from now. That's, that's, what I, that's what I got out of this little speech. Uh, excuse me, Mike, uh, where did you get all this from? Well, I had my boy on uh white powder airlines fly it in. His name's Raph. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's been flying it into the country. Oh, now I'm a pilot? It's funny. Two minutes ago, I was just a damn uh, little terminal driver. Now I'm your pilot. Oh, I see. When we can, when we can get him away from the piano in the corner of the whorehouse. <laughs> uh, do, we, do we have time for one more question? Or yeah, do we yeah. have to, where are we at with time? No, no, I think we're good. Yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do one more. All right. Um, all right, if you guys want, I, I, this is a good one. What's the last difficult thing you've done in a while? Uh, I could start off with mine. Um, it was just the other night. Uh, I was in Phoenix doing overnight before I met up with the Godfather. I, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but I'm, this old body's plagued with injuries all over the place. One of them that's been consistent with me is I've had sciatica on my uh, kind of lower right-hand side, kind of runs down to my leg. So deadlifting has been something that I've struggled with for the last several years. And I went from, I think at the peak, I was probably, I, I got pretty close to 300 uh, when I was a lot younger. And then I just, after my injury, I just, I couldn't get close to it again because I would, I would end up pulling my back and it was always the same area. Well, I've, I've just stopped deadlifting with a barbell for a while. And I've mostly just been doing dumbbells and kettlebells and not heavy, obviously. Um, but the other day I was like, well, let's just try what 225 looks like. My, my, my back has been feeling better. I've been doing a lot of therapy with it, a lot of cell therapy. I've been doing, I have a Theragun. I've been doing the foam roll. I do lots of stretching in the sauna. I do, I just do a lot of post and pre-workout uh, warm-up and stretching. And anyways, I, there was a, this gym, this uh, Sheridan that we stayed in and Phoenix has a really, really nice gym. And so there was a barbell there, which usually most hotels have just dumbbells. And I was like, let's just take advantage. And I took it nice and slow, nice and easy. I left the ego at the door. 
And I was able to do five sets of five of 225. And I haven't done that in a long time. So for me, if you're out there and you're like, that's, you know, that's some sissy ass weight. It probably is. It, it, listen, it is. But for me, that was a serious accomplishment, you know, and I, and I took the fundamentals very seriously. You know, I made sure my core was tight. I make sure I held the breath at where I needed to and uh, exhalated when I needed to. And it, I just made sure that my form was on point because I didn't have a belt. I didn't have any safety equipment and uh, no, no back pain. And I just looking back going, holy hell, it's, it's, it's just good that I, I was able to like put everything and apply everything and and I did that, but I say it was difficult because it, after each set, I mean, it was one of those where I wasn't feeling dizzy, but you could tell that you had just taxed your entire, your entire central nervous system, yes. right? Like the body was yeah. like, holy shit, take a seat before you, yeah. before you pass out. But it's a good feeling. It's a good sense of like, you know, it almost like gives you some motivation. So anyways, that was probably the last difficult thing I've done in a while. And that's good. That's no shit. That's good. I love five by five. And, yeah. uh, pulling a good weight off the floor, like over body weight and doing it cleanly and not being sore, especially when you've, you've been carrying an injury in that area. It shows that the rest of your training's on point. You know, there's a lot of stuff there, right? Yeah. My last hard thing. <clears throat> um, last night, Cesar and I had a conversation on one of those topics, just like a repeat thing that has been like an issue just for years and years and years, you know, and bringing it up and being like, is this conversation going to go down the same, the same known script that we sort of normally do? And are we going to resolve it or are we not going to resolve it? And, and no shit, I was a bit worried about it. And I was just, I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to not, I'm just not going to follow the script. I was like, we sort of were sort of get, getting a bit shitty with each other. And I was like, how about we just don't talk about it now? This is the other day. Let's just leave it and we'll come back and let's talk about it at a good time. And, you know, we sort of got back from our trip and both tired. And I was like, you know, yesterday I was like, well, you know, maybe we can talk about it this evening. And we just had the conversation and it went really differently. And I was just like really feeling myself tensing up. And I was just like letting go and just being there in the moment and really just trying to listen with kindness was a real, like a, as a conscious thing, being present and kind and listening and being like, no, no, no everything's okay. We totally love each other. And we, we know we're going to, we're in this forever. Like we're going to be, you know, buried in plots next to each other. Like that, the ship has sailed that we could ever not carry on, you know, and just be like, how could I listen to this differently? And then it was just fully reciprocated. And we just were like, got to the end of that same thing. That's just been a niggly thing forever and be like, well, and it, it doesn't feel like it's resolved, but it just feels like we're committed to talk about it. And it's, you know, every, every, every relationship has things that come up and you sort of, how do you bring it up without nagging or how do you hear, yeah. well, this isn't a complaint. This is a valid thing. The other person's saying, or oh, fuck, we've talked about this a million times. And so that was, I found it hard, you know, like to just release and to just be there and listen as kindly as I could and be like, how could I hear this the best way? And if I can hear the commitment and the knowledge that we're really in this forever together, how would this sound? And just sticking with it. And I felt like she was exactly on the same sheet. And, you know, it's just like, it feels like some things you just, <clears throat> you don't talk about to get to the end of, you just talk and you just know that, you know, you can just have that conversation and just carry that conversation on and 
you know, you move forward together and you can just pick it up. And you know what I mean? Like if you're having fun as a kid, you're not having fun to get to the end of having fun. Right. You know what I mean? Whereas as an adult, you can be like, no, there's a goal to this activity. So I've got to get to the end of it. And you're like, well, no, no, no. We're just going to talk about this and be like, okay, well, I think we're far enough here unless let's go to sleep now. And there was just no tension. It was a really different feeling. And so that was hard, but it was really rewarding. That's interesting for both of you. Um, <laughs> mine's a combination of both, of both of yours. So I talked about my injury and I didn't work out for almost three weeks, almost, uh, three and a half, almost a month. And that was a decision that I had to make because my back, my hip and my groin weren't going to get any better if I just kept grinding. And the best thing that I could have done is not work out and just let my body heal uh, and stretch. So stretch, lots of yoga. And I felt like a piece of shit for weeks because I felt like jello and I wasn't strong. And you could just feel the muscle like deteriorating. And you're just like, oh, my God. And you feel wrong. You feel absolutely wrong. But at the same time, I'm like, no, I have to heal now so I don't get really hurt later. And I need to be healthy for the next two years. Well, I want to be healthy for the rest of my life. But in this job, it's just like, I really need to maintain and take care of myself. So just this past week, I started working out body weight only, uh, no additional weights and just restabilizing my hips, my, my knees, my ankles, like that was all off my back. And I feel so much better. I've lost 11 pounds in three weeks but I'm like building it back up and getting my ideal weight back, my flexibility, my endurance, like feels really, really healthy, but it just felt like complete shit, not working out. Um, and that was hard for me to make that decision, but I was like, I have to, or I'm really going to get hurt. And it comes down to that saying I've, I've said before, my, my best ability is availability. If, if I'm so hurt and messed up and I can't do anything, I'm not, I'm, I'm no good to anybody, you know? So I really took that to heart. The other half of that is while I was going through this and struggling with it, uh, I'll, I'll talk about it now just because Melanie brought that up and we're, we're pretty honest. Um, I broke up with the girl that I was seeing and uh, I, I had to approach her and I had to be honest that uh, I, I just didn't think, uh, I'll save some of the reasons between her and I, but just primarily, uh, I believe the timing and the situations were off and that it wasn't going to be something that could that could last or really be built on a healthy basis. And it wasn't anything that we did to each other. I think it was just really bad timing, uh, to be honest. And that was very hard for me to say. Uh, I, I, took a, I took a few days and I asked her, I said, hey, I need a few days to think about things. And I took a week took a little over a week and I wrote a lot of stuff down to get my thoughts very clear and made sure that I wasn't making just an emotional decision off of a day or two. And I remember specifically saying, Hey, I need to, I need time to think on this and write stuff down. So I, so I know this isn't just like, you know, I'm scared or whatever. And it's just coming up. I really want it to be the right decision. So I made a list and I went over to her place and sat down with her face to face. That's how I think it should be done out of respect. Uh, I had no ill feelings for her. She's a wonderful person. 
Uh, it was just the other factors. And uh, I sat down and I read my list to her one by one. And you want to talk about hard. There was no, there was no coming out of that happy. It just wasn't going to happen, but I did it out of respect. I thought it was the right thing to do. I wanted to be honest. I didn't want to fake it. I didn't want to drag her along. I wanted to respect her, respect her time. Uh, and she's very busy as well, you know, and uh, I wanted to be that. I wanted to be that person that, that could be in that space and do it in what I believe is the right way. And when I explained to her and she was hurt by it and, uh, but a day passed and, you know, the emotions kind of settled and she actually said she really respected me for how I did it. And that's all I could ask for. It's all I can do. You know, it's all I could have controlled is who I was in the moment. And I, I was able to do that, but damn, if it wasn't hard to say those words to somebody and just be in front of them and tell them like they should be. Cause I've been, you know, I was on the side of it where I was just, you know, ghosted and I didn't get shit. And it was just like, what did I do wrong? Why is this happening? How's this? How's that? And I got nothing. It drove me crazy. And I was like, I don't want to be that person. I want to be better. And I'm going to do it the right way in front of you, face to face, answer all of your questions. It was about three hours answer all of your questions and make sure that we're good. And we have an understanding because I respect you and it was hard, but I did it. So I had all that going on with not working out, feeling like shit, beating myself up in my own head. Cause I felt weak dealing with that on the other emotional side. And it was just like, you know, just hit me on both sides. And I was just like, God damn, man, I can't sleep. I'm just, I don't feel accomplished. I feel like a shit bag, like all this stuff going through my mind. And it was just like, I need to take action. I need to write this stuff down. I need to formulate, get some structure, get my discipline back and do it. I can't, I, I can't sit here and keep thinking about it, letting it eat me like it was. And I did it. I, I made my plan. I drew it out and I took action and I just did it. And I feel better today. It's the right way and a wrong way there's many wrong ways but there's normally only one right way to do most things in life and to show someone the respect to get your thoughts clear and articulate and do it face to face like you know being a man not fucking ghosting and hiding behind a cell phone and yeah tough 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 some real honesty right there to share that with us, man. Yeah, I do all my breakups through TikTok videos. Two things, Mike. One, you steal a shit bag. And two, uh, it sounds like you've completely just, you're done with women and you're moving on to dudes. Is that what's happening? Is this, are we hearing it here first? Is this kind of like one of those? I don't need to take that from you. Just because I didn't pick you years ago, don't give me shit. You're just not my type, asshole. He's got that new grinder profile, I think, Raph. Yeah. I, li I like my friends, my guys. I like them bright and shiny like melon in the sunlight. <laughs> oh, man, I that was know, I, don't know, I don't know if shiny is the way I would describe him. It's more like <laughs> transparent. Transparent? Like, he's like an x-ray image. You can see right through him. <laughs> <laughs> His skin conducts photosynthesis. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know what's funnier that you know what that word is or that you just used it in a fun, actually kind of funny way. I just saw it in my book here. My book's open. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, yeah, well, Q&A, some questions you don't see coming and certainly a shitload of answers. And it's, you know, we try and share this with you guys and I'd no shit encourage people to sit down with friends and do this. Get some, get some tough questions and just throw them at each other and let people air and vent stuff out. And it's, it clears the air. And just doing this over and over and over, as, as Mike was saying earlier, for two and a half years now, you get better at it. You get better at like not hiding the things that you're ashamed of and dealing with them a bit better, I think. And hearing people you respect talk through a similar process really helps you realize that, you know, it's part of being human. And like Mike just now, there's a right way and a wrong way. And you can either push this bad shit down or you can get it out and open and try and deal with it. Square shoulders to the foe. All right. So let us know. Let us know. Give us some of your answers around these books that you've read recently, goals you've got the next 12 months and the last hard thing you've done. And uh, if they're good, we'll share them out to everyone. So from all of us to all of you, take care and we'll see you all next week. We appreciate you guys' time always. We uh, read all the reviews. We read all the messages. And we've got those uh, goals we've got for five-star reviews and ratings and written reviews do do a lot for the algorithm. Thanks very much. See you next week.